Welcome to Up Next with Tommy Lee, with influential Christian leaders sharing their passions and purpose in personal conversations. Up Next is brought to you in partnership with the Gospel and Our Cities Conference with Tim Keller, coming to Chicago in 2018. And now, founder and president of Resource Global, managing partner of Barnabas Group Chicago, and your host on Up Next, Tommy Lee. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Up Next. I have two wonderful, wonderful hosts by my side today. We have Mary Potter. Hi, Tommy. Thanks for having us. And Sandy Hamstra. Tommy, good to be here. And on the phone today, we have Kelly Wright, journalist and recording artist. Kelly, it's an honor. Oh, it's an honor to be with you guys. Thanks, Tommy Lee. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Kelly, we're this is your time for us to get to interview and hear your story. But just to warn you, like I was just saying, you are the veteran. You are the pro bowler, the Hall of Famer. And we're three rookies trying to figure out how to do this thing. Okay, that's that's a little too much pressure on me right now. I think I better hang up and call again. Oh, man. Hey, Kelly, I mean, you're, you're an established journalist. Talk about your journey. I mean, how did you get to where you are right now? Right now, today, and where, how did you start in this career? How long do we have? <laughs> well, let me begin with uh, let me begin with the um, the beginning. Actually, I have a wonderful mother who is now home with the Lord, but she's the one who poured her life into me to help me see clearly the vision that uh, would be beneficial for me. I grew up in Hagerstown, Maryland, a small town and very bucolic, and about 70 miles outside of Washington, D.C. And so I always had my eyes on trying to do something big. Uh, my mother always taught me to dream big, and I thought I would actually go into entertainment because I was a singer and also acting in, in high school plays and things of that nature. But my mother began to really say, you know, you, you should really look at a career in communications and you do your music and acting on the side. And so at the age of 16, I started working at a radio station in Hagerstown, WJJ, and I would go around doing high school football games. I was the live commercial announcer. Well, from that, uh, at that age, I started my own radio show as well because there was a a lack of R&B stations in that area, so I mm. created my own R&B show called Soulful Sounds. Mm. And so that was very enterprising. A local uh, uh, corporation sponsored it. I did that for about two years, went off to college at Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, and continued to uh, <clears throat> work in radio there, uh, not only at the university, but also uh, for, for KKUL radio. And then in my junior year, I joined the Army. And mm -hmm. when I joined the Army, enlisted in the Army, I went to uh, Fort Street, Georgia, and started my television career. And the rest is history. From there, I went on to Germany, continued to do uh, some freelancing with the Armed Forces Radio Network and Television Network by providing uh, radio reports and also writing newspapers, uh, newspaper articles for various military newspapers, which included coverage of Pope John Paul's visit to Mainz, Germany, as well as uh, so many other stories. I had a couple of stories appear in Stars and Stripes, which is the um, heralded mm -hmm. and uh, it's, it's a newspaper of acclaim in the military. Mm -hmm. So I saw these things happening for me, and the next thing I know, I'm I'm back in America, working for a local station in Savannah, Georgia, 
And then after going through some personal uh, struggles and some prodigal struggles, I ended up back home where my mother began to use her sage wisdom mm-hmm. and, uh, and and also uh, her stern talk sometimes. We need that. <laughs> and that led to my working in my hometown for a year, then from my hometown at W, uh, what is now WDBM-TV, I went on to the 700 Club. And with the 700 Club, I worked with them for about uh, two and a half years from uh, 1984 to 1986, and then moved on to WWR TV in New York. From there, that's why I asked you how long do you want this story. <laughs> <laughs> and, so from there, and then from from uh, working at WWR TV, uh, going to uh, places like uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, working for a wonderful station there, WRAL, and and then in uh, Virginia Beach and Norfolk area where I'd worked before at the 700 Club. I worked for the local station, Wavy and Fox 43. And then uh, I was hired by Fox News. And uh, the rest has been, um, it's been a a wonderful career. Uh, I've been with Fox for about 15 years now. And and while we've had some issues of late, I still love the people there and really admire the work that we've done there over the years. Yeah. While you are listening to Up Next on AM 1160, we are talking to Kelly Wright, journalist and a musician, recording artist. Sandy, you had a question? Yeah. Kelly, I wanted to touch on that. You, you mentioned the prodigal moment, um, but I had a more of a, a practical question first. So I'm an Army wife. I know what the, I know what you're talking about when you say the stars and stripes. What? what well, I need you, to thank you for your service. Oh, <laughs> being an army wife oh, that is not easy. Thank you. Um, what what branch is that? Is that like a journalism? How did you get into that through through enlisting in the army, or were you just doing some of the journalism well, stuff on the side? When I enlisted in the army, I uh, I had already been working in radio. My major at Oral Roberts University was communication arts. Okay. And so when I enlisted in the Army, I listened to a recruiter. And you know those recruiter stories. Well, I have one. And my recruiter told me uh, I would be a perfect fit for ground surveillance radar. (laughs) And then he showed me air surveillance radar. And I thought, okay, well, I'll get to work at an airport. No, I was doing recon. (laughs) A little bit different. Yeah, when war would break out, I would be actually over the enemy oh line, behind enemy wow. lines to do uh, ground surveillance radar. Well, I didn't really like that. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I wrote a couple of letters to the company commander and the base commander, and uh, and they said, oh, wait a minute, you have experience in, in television and radio, actually in radio, so we have a, a program here that we run Monday through Friday, and they put me in that, but they attached wow. me to public affairs, and and I was able to do that for two and a half uh, years with the military. Wow, that's really cool. I was I was trying to figure that yeah. out. I'm glad you I'm glad you covered that. That's really interesting. Um, but yeah. you, you had mentioned you had a, a prodigal son moment early in your life that brought you back to God. And I don't want to give the whole story away, but um, essentially, you, you were home for Christmas, had turned on the the TV. <laughs> uh, you yeah. you want to you want to pick it up from there. Sure, I can pick it up from there. What yeah. led to uh, that moment of turning on the TV was uh, uh, two months of being homeless. I had uh, been married and had a young daughter and went through a divorce. Uh, I was going through a divorce, rather, but I had also gone through a, a demise in my career because I was actually fired from a job mm-hmm. uh, in Savannah, Georgia, for moonlighting as a singer at uh, wow. <laughs> the Marriott Hotel on Hilton Head. Oh, and they. Man. 
it was really really a bad thing now that I think about it because the newspaper <laughs> article said that I was leaving the, t- the television station temporarily to pursue a musical <laughs> career, and I never talked to anybody. Wow. Never said that to anyone. Oh. But anyway, make a long story short, uh, I got fired from the job. I, I thought, well, I'll move to Atlanta, Georgia, and I'll get a job at, uh, at that time, CNN. There was no Fox News. There, there was, well, CNN was the, the station to go to or the network to go to. My first day, I met Ted Turner. I was like, oh, I got this. Because, you know, before fall, you always have pride, and there was a lot of conceit and arrogance within me. Mm-hmm. So God had to do some humbling, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't get the job, and I started living uh, out of my car and peddling leather goods mm-hmm. on the streets of Atlanta. We wore our welcome, and we had to move to Montgomery, Alabama. Wow. And I'm still peddling these leather goods, and I'm thinking about, oh, my God, I'm in Montgomery, Alabama. Rosa Parks, Martin Luther yeah. King Jr. Mm. What am I doing out here? Yeah. I should be doing or trying to emulate the things that they've tried to do, where mm. you stand tall and you stand for righteousness and, and peace and, and you actually strive for education. And I, I asked God, I said, what am I doing here? And God said, specifically, you can always go home. Mm. I was getting close to Ooh. Christmas and I was hungry. I was hungry for my mother's food and also <laughs> just thirsty for the beauty of, of Christmas time at home. Second time, you can always go home because I thought I had to clean up my mess first. Yeah. The third time, he said, you can always go home dummy. That got my attention. <laughs> and, I'm and glad so God talks like my, that. <laughs> yeah, so I packed up my belongings, got home, and my mother's waiting there with open arms like oh. the father and the prodigal son. And being the kind of mother she is, she said, by the way, now that you're home, I have a job interview for you at the local TV station. Mm. And she looked at me with that glistening in her eye and that that certainty saying, and you will get the job. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, God prepared my heart because a week before going to that interview, I was sitting at home and I was watching a story on a program called The 700 Club. Mm. And the guy that they showed mirrored my life. He was a guy who was a member of the Parliament Funkadelic uh, Band, which was a huge group in the 70s. And I remember just being so broken and and hurting. And at the end of that, the gentleman on the end of the program said, God loves you right where you are. There's nothing you can do to change that. Pray with me. Well, now, I had been to Oral Roberts. I've heard these stories before. And, you know, and I knew the, uh, thought I knew the Lord, but I didn't know him in a personal way. That moment, I realized I can't clean up my mess. Only God can clean up my mess. I always thought I had to be clean and, 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 and just clean up all this stuff that I did. And God said, I've got you. And that moment I prayed, and I've never been the same since that because God came into my life. And you could feel the, the streams of forgiveness, the streams of healing, but also the streams of an abundant life. Oh, that's and so- Not an abundant life materially, but an abundant life spiritually with depth. And, and then I... From there, I learned how to grow. It was a, a you know, a, a, had to mature, and I'm still maturing. Man, but I, I love telling people I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. But that gentleman was Pat Robertson a year oh, later in the yeah. working for him at the 700 Club. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, Kelly, and we're going to rejoin you back in on our conversation. So stay tuned. We're going to take a break, and we're going to join us back for our interview with Kelly Wright.
1160. Dr. Tim Keller, founding pastor of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City and best-selling author, is coming to Chicago for the Gospel and Our Cities Conference. In the book of Jonah, God sends his prophet to the great city of Nineveh to uh, preach to it, to reach it, and he shows a great deal of disdain, and God rebukes Jonah and says, how can you look at all those people who don't know their right hand from their left and not have compassion on that great city? Uh, the churches of today should have compassion on the city and should care about the city. Please come to Chicago, the third largest city in our country, which will be a wonderful backdrop for a meeting of men and women who want to reach their respective North American cities with the gospel, doing both holistic uh, transformation, evangelism, and bringing about conversions. Please come and join us. Find out more at thegospelandourcities.org. That's thegospelandourcities.org. Resource Global is cultivating the potential of young professionals all over the world to maximize their reach and restore their cities with the gospel. 60% of our waking hours are spent in the workplace. Therefore, it is a significant time for gospel impact. As young professionals grow in their careers, we provide in-depth training, and we also provide mentoring to integrate their faith and work. And we want them to use their influence and skills to impact their city. I know of no other organization besides Resource Global that is doing its exact ministry. Going to places, finding young people and pastors and teachers who want to bring together their collective wisdom to encourage one another in things of faith and work. I want to invite you to join us as we continue to grow the network of young professionals in strategic cities around the world. I invite you to join us to make a difference in these cities through these individuals and to make a difference for tomorrow. AM 1160. You're listening to Up Next with Tommy Lee on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Welcome back to an episode of Up Next. Right before our break, uh, we were just talking with Kelly Wright. Kelly is a journalist, recording artist, and man, he is just having an impressive career and just uh, we were having a wonderful conversation. And Kelly, you know, right before the break, we were talking about just a prodigal son moment. And how, if you were to share with somebody, how does God work through you and in you through struggles? Well, first of all, everyone encounters struggles. It's the one commonality that we have. But the one commonality that we often forget or we don't always know about, it's just like you were saying, there's hope for life. And that is the hope for our life is in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to be who I am today were it not for the, the, the salvation and deliverance that I've gained through Christ, uh, deliverance through all of my painful moments. You know, I, people often tell me, how are you doing? And, and sometimes if I'm really struggling, I'll say, oh, the struggle is real, but God is greater. Mm-hmm. Because I want people to understand that in the midst of our circumstances, we all undergo extreme circumstances, dire circumstances. It may be poverty. It may be homelessness. It may be all sorts of things that, that just confuse us and confound us. But in the middle of that, and at, and at the root of it, God is there waiting to answer our prayer, waiting to come to us. And a lot of times, you know, remember Tommy Tenney wrote the book, God Chasers. Yeah. And I love that book. And I constantly chase after God. But what about those who don't know that you can chase after God? So I try to tell people, you know, God is chasing after you. Because when I was on the streets of Montgomery, Alabama, and God began to, through the Holy Spirit, 
pricked my spirit with memories of, of I Have a Dream and memories of mm-hmm. Rosa Parks and, and the essence and the spiritual essence of that whole civil rights struggle for not just for equality, but for creating a beloved society so that everyone can have a seat at the table of brotherhood. That got to me. And God will use things that happens in our lives, or He'll create or allow circumstances to intervene. I like the fact that He chased after me and would not let me go. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Be not dismayed. I'm with you always, even to the ends of the earth. And so when I'm talking to people, I get personal, face-to-face, eye-to-eye, nose-to-nose, say, look, this is what God did for me. I don't know what you're going through, but I know what God is going to do if you will open up and receive the the interference, the intervention, and the intercession that he's doing for you. God is chasing after mankind, and he wants us to come to him. Uh, there's a, a song that I wrote called Take a Look Around, and it talks about how life is beset with problems and war and poverty and pain and misery and racism and bigotry and hate and hostility and we lift our hands and we raise our demands because we see our children dying from gun violence or from poverty and and we're looking around looking for answers and the answer really isn't god we, mm-hmm. we have to look to the lord and say lord we need you right now and then i don't leave it there because you know i know the end of the story and the end of the story is that we have victory through christ so then i write this, the lyric is take a look around what do you see i see a world where God's coming back to save humanity, where Christ steps in to save us from our insanity. And so in the streets we cry mm. for that better day, Lord, come show us the way. It's really and it's powerful because it, it echoes the promise that God gives us. From Genesis to Revelation, it is a book about God's eternal, abiding, constant, consistent love that overflows from his heart to the heart of man, where he wants to redeem us from the fall in the garden to the resurrection power and the fellowship of suffering and the victory of deliverance and salvation through Christ Jesus, not just at the cross at Calvary, because he's no longer on that cross. Mm. It's also in the power of his resurrection and the fact that he's going to fulfill his promise and return to give us what? A life eternal with righteousness, peace, and joy. People need to know that because too many times we're bombarded with with hate, fear, and doubt, and God wants to replace that with faith, hope, and love. Yes. Totally different way of doing things. I mean, my thing is love, freedom, and peace. God's love, loving God with all your heart, mind, and strength, love your neighbors, you love yourself, which leads to freedom, freedom to be uh, in service to the Lord, and also the freedom to understand that your sins, past, present, and future are forgiven, but also freedom to know that whom the Son sets free is free indeed, mm-hmm. and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And then that love and freedom leads to this wonderful place called peace, peace of mind, peace and understanding. It's like planting a garden. So if you're planting a garden for the Lord, you've got to have some peas, peace of mind, <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> and really peace good. that surpasses all understanding. Then you've got to put some squash in, the, in there, too, in that garden. You've got to squash the gossip, squash the mm-hmm. condemnation, squash the divisions that we have politically and racially and economically. And then you got to have some turnips. We got to turn up to help each other. Right. We got to turn up to love each other. We got to turn up love. to embrace each other. We got to turn up to encourage each other. 
You know, you got to have all of it. And you have some time. You've got to, you know, make sure some time's in there. Time to talk like we're talking now. Time to embrace each other. Time to heal. Time to sow another garden. Wow, that's very good. Have some lettuce in it. Let us have this time together. Let us have this time to not only be up next, but also provide people with hope for a world that's in despair. We've got the answers, and there are great ways that we can deliver that answer. You are listening to Up Next uh, with Kelly Wright, journalist and recording artist on AM 1160. Mary, you have a question? Yeah, I do. Uh, Kelly, you mentioned your mom earlier. Um, she's a visionary leader, a woman who always spoke life and affirmation to you. Um, talk to us more about her and your relationship with her and how she influenced your life. Tell us a bit more about her. 16 years old, June Lorraine Overton was a bright, intelligent student in high school. She was loved by her community, and she loved her community. She befriended the wife of a pastor. They were supposed to go on uh, an excursion to downtown. You know how ladies like to shop. (laughs) They were going to go shopping. And uh, so June, my mother showed up to go shopping, and the pastor's wife had already left. The pastor invited her in, and what happened then should never happen, but it did. Uh, He sexually assaulted her, uh, raped her, and she was thinking, how did I get myself into this? So she's blaming herself rather than blaming the the situation or the the person, the perpetrator, into her innocence. Mm -hmm. So she decides she's going to keep this hidden, not tell anyone, but then she's on the horns of a dilemma because she ends up becoming pregnant Mm -hmm. from that encounter. And now she's really troubled because she doesn't know who she's going to turn to. And she has sense enough to realize that if she tells anyone, it would be her word against the pillar of a community, of a faith-based community. It would be very difficult for her to prove and probably cause more angst and anxiety. So she kept it to herself, except God knew, and she and God shared this. And one day she came home from school after all the talk and all of the, the you know, the constant uh, barrage of, oh, who's the, who's the daddy? Well, how could you get yourself into this? Were you promiscuous? She endured all of that, all those slings and arrows, arrows of, uh, of misfortune. So she comes home and she sees a suitcase, her suitcase, in the middle of the living room. She asks her mother, what's the suitcase for? Oh, we're going to fly you to Nebraska so you can have an abortion. And at that moment, she said, I'm not going anywhere. God is telling me this is the only child I'll ever have biologically. Mm. Well, five days after her 17th birthday, she gave birth to that child. And she abandoned her dream to become a psychiatrist, uh, and she abandoned the dream, her her mother's dream, to become a professional singer, and poured her life into that child. And she was determined to make sure that that child would grow up and become a successful and productive citizen, but also someone who would know and love the Lord. And that child is me. Wow. <laughs> And I have a, a sister. My mother got married, uh, never produced a child biologically. Mm-hmm. My sister, which is very in, in, important, my, my sister was adopted. She's 13 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, the beauty of it is that she looks like me. It's so <laughs> <That's great>. <laughs> um, and, uh And she used to blame me for a lot of things. And when I went off to college, mom said, oh, Kelly's not here anymore. You're still blaming him for things. <laughs> now we know she's going to for it. <laughs> Didn't tell my sister I told you that. <laughs> but, but, uh, my mom did. My mom was a. Uh, some people. Uh, I remember the first time uh, Mike Huckabee and I talked on his former show on Fox News. Uh, when I explained what happened with my mother, the, the the headline was Kelly Wright 
Fox News reporter and anchor a product of rape. And I took offense to that mm. because what I really, uh, what the, the way I really perceive it, I'm not a product of rape, but I'm a product of courage. Yeah. Mm. I'm a product of that faith, hope, and love that I talk about because had it not been for my mother having that faith, to see beyond her circumstance and then having the hope in God and knowing that he would deliver her and then having the love for Christ and knowing that he would take care of all things, including her child and including her future, then, and then having the courage to carry through. It's, it's, it's more beautiful than, than any ugly interpretation. Yeah. And I'm sorry that some people might, might disagree with it, to me, it was an ugly interpretation to say that I'm a product of, of rape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a product of courage. Yeah, and absolutely. I thank June, Lorraine, Overton, Wright, my mother, for being able to be that kind of visionary leader as a teenager mm-hmm. and then developing as a woman and having a maturity as a woman uh, and, and visionary to, to actually cast a vision for me, make it plain so that I could pursue it and actually achieve it. Mm. You got mm. it. What a legacy. Hey, Kelly, we are out of time. We're going to have to have you back soon. <laughs> that was just a I, wonderful interview. <laughs> well, Tommy, Sandy, and Mary, love you guys. I truly love you. Uh, would like to support you in any way that I can. So anytime you need, give me a call and, and uh, keep practicing love, freedom, and peace. Thank That's you. my thing. What's your thing? Thanks, Kelly. Thank <laughs> you, Go to upnext.city, and we will join you next week. You've been listening to Up Next with host Tommy Lee, getting to know another influential leader. To hear past episodes, visit upnext.city. That's upnext.city. Up Next is brought to you in partnership with The Gospel and Our Cities Conference in Chicago, October 2018. Join Tommy for Up Next, Saturdays at 3.30 on AM 1160, Hope for your life.